When it's time to seed grass, fertilize turf, or add a pop of color to your yard, Blaine's Farm and Fleet's got you covered with unbeatable deals on lawn and garden essentials. Find value on everything you need in-store or online at farmandfleet.com. It's not a matter of if African swine fever will come to the U.S., it's a matter of when. And this is according to animal science professor Cassandra Jones from Kansas State University. Cassandra, what is the prevalence of African swine fever? How close is it to the U.S.? When is it going to get here? As we stand here in January of 2022, we are fortunate because the Americas are still free of African swine fever virus. Um, And I think that's something to celebrate. It's a huge tip of the hat to our North American pork producers um, collectively because they've been taking a lot of steps to prevent this disease. Unfortunately, I continue to think that it's one that's not if, but when, because as we've seen this devastating disease spread throughout the world, it's been impossible to keep out of countries and continue. We, we continue to see countries going positive. Just this, this past week, we've heard Italy as well as Thailand both announcing for the first time that they um, are positive for ASF status. Has that thrown a wrench in trade or has that been an opportunity for U.S. producers to expand exports? It's a bit of both. Um, So certainly whenever there's volatility in the international market, that's a cause for concern. But it has been an opportunity over the past two, three years for pork producers in the United States that continue to produce safe pork. Um, I also want to point out that pork itself is safe from African swine fever virus consumption to humans. And so humans cannot contract ASF by consuming pork. That said, there are a lot of trade implications of pork and pork meat. And so because a lot of countries like China, the Philippines, many in Southeast Asia, as well as in Eastern Europe, are ASF endemic regions, that has been an opportunity for our pork producers in the United States to have expanded export market access. You described it as there's the good, the bad, and the ugly of African swine fever. Ugly being, yeah, even though it's it, humans cannot get African swine fever, we would need to stamp out the pigs that do have African swine fever. So what is the game plan if it is detected in the U.S.? Ultimately, if African swine fever virus is found in the United States, we would likely see USDA issue a 72-hour stop order movement where the state departments of agriculture would ask all pork movements to stop for 72 hours so that we could test and assess where the disease is and where it has potentially spread to. After that point in time, we would slowly start to reopen movement of animals in regions where it's been demonstrated ASF is not present. So for example, if we found ASF in um, state X, but hundreds and thousands of miles away in another region of the country, there's no evidence that ASF has made it up up to that region, we would start to um, restart trade in those areas. Ultimately, what we would see is lines drawn of um, lines of separation and where we would have regions that would be considered to be control regions and all animals within a control region would be humanely euthanized all animals susceptible to ASF. And so all of those pigs, even if they were free of clinical signs of disease, they would be humanely euthanized and their carcasses um, disposed of. Um, And then we would monitor movement of animals around a surveillance area around that immediate area with testing. ASF can still survive in a carcass of an animal. What does proper disposal look like? 
That's actually a really challenging question. Um, South Dakota State University has done quite a bit of research on proper composting. Um, and we've also seen some research with um, incineration, but realistically, we don't have a great way of properly um, getting rid of hundreds or thousands of mortalities currently. And so that's one of the big questions that a lot of state departments of agriculture are working on currently and, and different pork producers is whether we could be composting on site. Certainly we don't want to be moving those carcasses very far distances because the carcasses themselves could be a potential source of contamination. Yeah, I mean, and education for producers alone has got to be also a, a huge priority, too, because, I mean, from your fair animal family that's maybe farrowing pigs for the fair to a large producer, let's say, in the Midwest, they need to know what to do if African swine fever is detected and how to properly dispose. So, I mean, what are the conversations look like from an education standpoint? Yeah, that's a great question, and I give a lot of credit to the National Pork Board and National Pork Producers Council. Um, National Pork Board has really led the charge on producers education at varying levels. And so whether it's having a secure pork supply plan and making sure that premises are registered and that we have good records and tracking of where pigs go, where pigs come from, and, and those animal and also people movements to and from farms, but also that we're able to reach a variety of different sizes of pork producers, not just the major integrators or, or the family farms, but also those, like you mentioned, that maybe have backyard pigs or are in the swine. Uh, swine show series like my own kids in 4-H to make sure that we are capturing all sizes and educating a variety of them. That's really been a huge area of emphasis by the National Pork Board and, and a lot of our states um, over the past couple of years. And just a reminder to folks listening, you do need to submit your premise uh, for livestock by July 31st. Now back to the efforts, the national efforts, if African swine fever is detected in the U.S. Will that throw a huge wrench in supply chain if we have to pause all movement of pigs for 72 hours? Certainly we would expect to see an initial um, drop in pork prices um, as we know that we would have immediate loss of, of many of our export markets of both pork but also many other of the other non-affected markets. What I do credit National Pork Producers Council and a lot of our trade associations is working preemptively um, and proactively to um, so that we have some trade agreements and some regionalizations starting to be established already so that if we can carefully and quickly isolate where this um, disease is present in the United States if it were to occur, that it allows us to have movement back um, from the other regions that are safe out into export markets. Now, if a pork producer has to depopulate, what are the chances of repopulating the farm and the premise? Or is that not even an option anymore if African swine fever has been on the property? That's really a difficult question as well, um, both scientifically as well as from a public policy perspective. Um, one part of that is when and if the state and USDA feels comfortable allowing repopulation efforts to begin. Another and, and part of that question is scientifically. What we've seen um, with our collaborators in, in China and Vietnam is that there have been some isolated examples where repopulation efforts have been successful, but it takes some pretty some pretty significant cleaning, sanitizing, um, and downtime of those facilities to truly eliminate all of the virus from that site to prevent um, reinfection once we repopulate the site. 
Just a, a little bit about the virus. You describe it as this double armored virus that can spread rapidly on a lot of different mediums, from a ham sandwich to your tennis shoes. You you mentioned something funny following the O'Hare Chicago O'Hare Airport on Twitter and the things that they confiscate, including um, items that could carry African swine fever. Why don't you just shed some light on just how this can spread? What are some of those items that are being confiscated because we don't want to take that risk? Yeah, one of the things to remember about disease transmission is that it does doesn't just viruses, diseases don't just magically jump from reservoir to host. It has to be transmitted somehow. And so what are things and items that we know are capable of transmitting any virus and, and including African swine fever virus? In the case of ASF, um, pork and pork products consumed by other pigs is uh, is a known fomite or is a known thing that's that's known to be capable of causing infection. And so we need to prevent the illegal smuggling of sausages and hams and pork-based products from regions that have ASF um, endemic within those countries. And so um, the USDA has requirements that prevent pork and pork products from being imported or brought in, even on passenger luggage or cruise ships, from one region or specific regions into the United States, even on passenger aircraft. And so if any of those ham sandwiches, sausages, et cetera, are found, pork-based products are found, um, they'll be confiscated. Um, They actually have dogs, beagles, that are trained to smell for those products. And if they're found, they'll be confiscated and ultimately incinerated. And so we know certainly of examples of the O'Hare Airport, of um, of a lot of our other airports and, and ports of entry that are routinely surveying and and performing surveillance of passenger aircrafts, passenger luggage, confiscating um, so that we can prevent transmission into the United States. And looking ahead into this year, you know, you say you want to be proven wrong. You want U.S. to stay ASF free this year. If U.S. does stay free of ASF, what does that mean for export opportunities for other countries that have to stamp out their own? pork populations. Yeah, the export question is a good one because we already see some of our Southeast Asian countries starting to rebuild their pig populations as they're learning how to effectively um, raise pigs in ASF endemic regions. Um, That said, we continue to have opening markets. Um, Just this week, um, U.S. pork was allowed into India for one of the first times. And while we don't conventionally think of India as a huge pork-consuming region, it is an important um, aspect to understand we are one of the last remaining sources of ASF-free pork production. And so maintaining that status is important for U.S. pork production, but also important for U.S. agriculture as a whole. Can consumers expect higher pork prices this year? Let's hope so for the pork producers. Cassandra Jones along with us, a Department of Animal Science professor from Kansas State University. For the Midwest Farm Report, I'm Stephanie Hoff.